Amen. Come on, smile somebody as you grab a seat today. God is in this house. God is here. I've learned this when you pour your life out and you pour out a glass of water, it can make a mess. How is it that a two-year-old with one half a cup of juice will go everywhere in your house? You pour out a cup, it can make a mess, or it can water a plant. It's amazing how where you pour it out determines what will happen. I believe you pour your life out in the kingdom of God. Uh, God will start to grow in your life. Amen? Amen. If you have your Bible today, turn to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Uh, if you can find that, it's after Hebrews, right near the end of the Bible, the last, um, last few pages of your New Testament. James chapter 1. Again, if you don't have a Bible today and you want a Bible and you're going to use a Bible, we have free Bibles for you at our guest table, the big yellow wall. Um, we bought those with your money, and we'd love to give them to you for free if you're going to use it. If you're not going to use it, leave it for someone else. But I believe after today, you will use it. Um, James chapter 1. So if you can turn there or turn your Bible on, however you read your Bible. We're starting a new series today. New series today. Check out this title, the most interesting title I think we've had in a while. God's Electric Power Company Tackles Troubles. You see that? We're not going to go to James yet. Look at this. God's electric power company tackles troubles. Um, you just need to know we also have another title for this underneath of it. Horrible name, helpful series. That's the worst series name in the history of series right there. God's electric power company tackle. I can't even say that. God's electric power company tackles troubles. See, when I, when I grew up, uh, I grew up in church. Where are my church kids at? You grew up in church. If you didn't grow up in church, uh, you, were, you were saved from a lot of scarring, but you also missed out on some amazing moments. And uh, I was taught when I was a, a kid, my mother used to pay me, oh gosh, this is going to sound so old. She used to pay me silver dollars. My God, how old am I to learn scripture? She would give me a dollar to learn scripture. That's a good parent right there. Um, silver dollar. I feel like I rode a stagecoach to, to school, but... Um, but I remember when I was a teenager, I learned how to remember Galatians, uh, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. The order in the Bible was God's electric power company. That's how I was, I was told to remember it. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, which ironically are my favorite books of the Bible. My favorite books of the Bible are Philippians and Ephesians. But I was told to remember it, just remember God's electric power company. There's power in those verses, Mike, and it's going to help your life. There's power in there. If you can get those verses into you, man, God's electric power company, that will just help you. And that has always stuck with me. Um, and then starting tomorrow, we're starting a 28-day reading plan as a church. And some of you, like there's two groups of people, and some of you are like, yes, talking to one teenager on our team that just started reading. He's on a plan with a group of others, and he's reading 40 chapters a day. Wow is right. I was like, okay, all right. I'm not doing that, so you're preaching next week. That's what I told him. No, I was like, but, and some of you are like, yes, let's go. Others are like, <laughs> uh, new year, new me, not yet. Okay. Um, listen, we're going to do a simple Bible reading plan. I'm going to talk, unpack this in a moment. And it's one chapter a day, one and done. One chapter. And I don't need to tell you how much time we have, more time than we think we do. I lose more time in my phone in the death scrolls. Come on, somebody, the mindless scrolling. But just one chapter a day preferably in the morning, one chapter a day for 28 days. And if we do that, we're going to go through it. We will read Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, but then there's still more room. We need 28 chapters, so we added First and Second Thessalonians. That's why it's called God's Electric Power Company Tackles Troubles. Isn't that awful? It's a horrible name. Don't clap for it. Don't tell me you like it. I know it's horrible, but it's so helpful. And we're going to go through it. Today I want to talk on the Word of God. But can I encourage you to lean into this year for the next 28 days? What would happen? Your life will look different. 
If you don't tackle the troubles in your life, some of you are feeling lethargic, some of you are feeling tired, some of you have these troubles, I want to encourage you, the word of God does not return empty or void. It doesn't return with no power. God's electric power company tackles troubles. I want to encourage you, get in on it. There'll be an email tomorrow going out to say, hey, this is the reading for the week. If you're on social media, follow us. It'll give you encouragement that way. But I believe as we lean in for the next 28 days, we're going to start this year, and it's going to be fantastic. James chapter 1, I want to read a verse, a couple verses are going to encourage you this morning, starting in verse 2. Starting in verse 2, James chapter 1, verse 2. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, already you're feeling encouraged. I can tell right now. When troubles, troubles, is that a song? That's a song, right? It is. It's an old song with stagecoaches and silver dollars. Okay. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. Let it grow. Okay. We're not going to go there today. I'm, I'm funnier than you're letting on, just so you know. Do you want to build a life? No, we don't. Don't stop, Mike. Focus. Let it grow. That's for the younger crowd in the room. Uh, Just so you know, I had the stagecoach of the older people and frozen with the younger people. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should expect to receive, should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they're unstable in everything they do. God's electric power company tackles troubles. I want to read this verse today, and I realize as we start this year, I do love the new year. Um, there's two types of people in every crowd, every person I talk to. There's the first group of people that it's new year, new me, let's go. They are fired up. If you're following them on social media, they are in every workout plan, every budget plan, every Bible reading plan. They are listening to every motivational speaker they can find, and they are fired up to live in a van down by the river, and they just want to go. They're just ready to go. They're just ready to go. They're just, they're going for it. It's going to be the best year ever. Their slogan on their Instagram, their bumper sticker, when they're in church, when they're at work, they're just like, the best is yet to come. I love those people. I love those people. And I I do. I I love motivation. I love moments. And I need all the help I can get. And there's something about the new year that I'm like, you know what? There's some fresh motivation there. I'll take it. And I do love these people. And a part of me are these people. I love that. The other camp, the other group of people is it's going to be a tough year. Talk to those people that have been around. Usually it's because the last year was pretty tough. And I realize that troubles and trials do not pass because a calendar switches over to a new year. Can someone say amen? That what you dealt with in December is still there in January. The budget does not reset. The health does not reset. The relationships don't always reset. It's like it's going to be a tough year. And usually people that think that way have been through some tough stuff. They've been through some stuff. And they're just kind of waiting, going, well, let's see what the next problem. They're waiting for the next shoe to drop. And they say this, the best has already happened. I was in my teens when it happened. Uh, and now we just hang on and survive and wait for Jesus to come back. And a part of me identifies with that group a lot. I identify with the best yet to come, and a part of me goes, really? Is it? <laughs> really? Maybe it's already happened. The 30s were really good. Maybe my 30s, not 1930s, I was not alive then. My 30s were really good. Maybe it's, and I, I, I understand both. I want to bring up some truth today as we start this year, and I'm glad you're in church today. 
Really glad you're here. A couple of things for truth um, for 2024 that it's going to have problems. Aren't you glad you tuned in today for this? You're like, you don't need to be a prophet. We run a nonprofit ministry for me to tell you there's going to be problems this year. Well, there's going to be so many problems. You're going to have so many problems this year. Just, just feel that. Feel your heart right now. There's going to be so many problems for our church, so many problems for people's health, so many problems in lives. There's going to be problems. It's interesting in verse 2, the scripture says when troubles come. It doesn't say if troubles come. Isn't that interesting there? It's not if, it's when troubles come, of any kind come your way. And I realize that troubles are going to come. Part of my tradition as I close out a year is I find time to sit and reflect. Usually it's late at night. I have a favorite chair uh, in our house, and I sit there looking at one of our 20 Christmas trees that are, were still up. Uh, and I, I find myself reflecting on the year because there's something about preparing for what's about to come. And I reflect on the year, and as I reflect on the year, I think about all the troubles we had. I think about everything that we had to navigate. Troubles that were um, in church life, man. Troubles, just, man, parking lots and just dealing with stuff and um, people that went through some serious stuff and we had to navigate. I think about troubles in my personally, in relationships and personal and my own personal health and then in our city, our community and even globally, I think about the troubles that we navigated in 2023. And part of my process is I, I want to pray through that, but I want to reflect on it. I don't want to just pass it by. I want to make sure I'm not pushing it down. I want to process the troubles of the last year. It's part of what I do. I also find myself realizing a truth for 2024. Number one, there's going to be problems this year. The second truth is there's going to be lots of opportunities this year. It's the truth. There's going to be so many opportunities this year to make a difference, for your, for your life to grow, for better relationships, for, for better health, for, for the church to grow, for your businesses to grow, for your mental health, for your life, whatever you're a part of, there's going to be so many opportunities. I sat on reflected on some of the brilliant moments of joy we had in this last year and one of the things we talk about all the time was this big Sunday we have in August called Triple B. It's baptisms, barbecue, and backpacks. And if you were part of it, it was a, a huge Sunday. Such an opportunity. And, you know, we, we, we baptized dozens on that Sunday. We fed hundreds. And we handed out school supplies to 750 students getting ready for school. It was a beautiful moment. But the moment I go back and start giggling about it, I was sitting in my chair giggling. And Wes was on stage today playing guitar. His wife, Jess, I'm not sure if she's here today. She was behind the barbecue serving hot dogs, like a 1,000 hot dogs, dressed up as a hot dog. And the slogan that kept going through my mind whenever I saw her that day was, I want to be a wiener for Jesus. That's all I kept saying to myself. She's a real wiener for Jesus. A church full of wieners here, just full of wieners. And I just remember seeing her dressed up as a hot dog, stressed out trying to cook hot dogs, serious as a heart attack, and I'm just laughing, going, this is a real moment. Uh, the last year, such moments of joy, I reflected on that. 2024 is going to have real opportunities, and it's going to have real troubles. We need to know that today. I thought about... This time last year, if I had known everything 2024 was going to throw at me, I'd be, be both overwhelmed and overjoyed. I did not know last year the troubles that were going to come last year. I didn't know the opportunities and the brilliant moments. If I had known them, I would have been overwhelmed going into the year, and I also would have been overjoyed. The year has both. These verses we just read about talk about if we handle these troubles and opportunities um, the way God wants us, at the end of it will be perfect, complete, needing nothing. Now, that's the way I want to end this year. 
They're like, what's your goal for the year? That would be an amazing way to sit in my chair uh, um, uh, as I go into the new years at the end of 2024 going, man, I'm perfect. Man, I'm complete. I don't need anything. How's your budget? Don't need anything. How's your health? Don't need anything. How are you doing spiritually? Man, I feel perfect. I feel complete. How's your relationships? Man, they're all complete. Nothing's missing. Nothing's incomplete. Everything feels healthy. How's your mental health? How's your physical health? How's your spiritual health? How's your family? How's the church? How's your friends? Man, perfect, complete, needing nothing. That would be a brilliant way to end this year. The Bible says troubles and opportunities are coming, but how we deal with it will determine how we um, become perfect, complete, needing nothing. Now, it's interesting, in this passage I just read in James chapter 1, chapter uh, 1, verses 2 to 8, it says there's two words that jump out to me. I don't have time today to unpack them, but there's two words that, 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 that jump out at me in this passage because we all agree there are, there's going to be troubles. I think we can all agree on that this year. I think we all agree there's going to be opportunities, real moments of opportunities for great joy. But, but, but what stands out to me is how we deal with the two words, the word opportunity and the word chance. In verse 3, in verse 3 it says this in Scripture. It says, for your faith, for, for, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. One thing I've learned about opportunities and chances is that they're not shores, they're maybes. You've heard this said, well, that's a missed opportunity. Why? Because just because you're presented an opportunity doesn't mean you take the opportunity. Opportunities missed become regrets known. That's why they're called missed opportunities. They're not guaranteed. You have an opportunity to graduate from school. You have an opportunity to get promoted at work. You have an opportunity to grow in your faith. But an opportunity is not guaranteed. It's a maybe. And also, I see this, this the chance, chance is not a given. That's why people are saying, uh, man, it's, they missed their chance. Man, I, I just, I had this opportunity and I missed my chance. Why? Because opportunities and chances are not given, they're variables. And for those that are declaring that 2024 will be the best ever, let me encourage you, it can be. My team, new me, new year, let's go. 2024 can be the best ever, it can be. For those of you thinking 2024 is going to be, you're fearing it, going, this could be the worst year ever. It can be. Your life is too valuable. Let me encourage you. Your life is too valuable, and this year is too important to leave it to chance. Well, depending if the government stays or the government goes, if inflation goes up or inflation goes down, depending on the weather system and what kind of hurricanes and storms, and if we get enough snow, if the woods are going to be dry or not dry, there's... I don't want to leave this year to chance. My life is too important. My calling is, is too divine, and this year is too important. Your life is way too valuable to leave this year to chance. We'll just see what happens. Que sera, sera. Whatever will be, will be. That is a horrible way to live because it can be the best year of your life or it can be the worst year of your life. But the thing is, we have some choice in the matter. The Bible says when troubles come, there's a chance, there's an opportunity for great joy. Today, I want to unpack that. How do we handle the problems and not miss the opportunities? Well, it says it in verse 5 to 8. I'm not going to read it today, but it says this. If you need wisdom, because when troubles come and opportunities present themselves, you need wisdom. See, knowledge and wisdom are not the same thing. The Bible talks about in all you're getting, get understanding. Get, ask for wisdom and get understanding. Under, knowledge and understanding are not the same thing. Knowledge and wisdom are not the same thing. Let me, how do I explain this? Knowledge is learning. It's information. We've never lived in a time with more information. I was talking to someone before the service. Man, there's never been more at our fingertips. More books, more podcasts, more TV shows. More inf I have so much information. I can check out what's happening globally with the, with, within the, the phone in my pocket. 
Information by itself is not helpful. Information without wisdom is useless. Knowledge is what you need to know. Wisdom is how to use it. Like I grew up in school, they taught us that if there's a fire drill, that if you, get, if you find yourself caught on fire, you stop, drop, and roll. Anybody remember that one? Stop, drop, and roll. They also say if you come across a stranger that's trying to mess with you as a kid, you raise your knee and run. Anybody ever learned that one or was that just Hilda teaching me that one? If some stranger grabs you, just raise the knee, hit them in the, in the, the sun don't shine, raise your knee and run. Well, that's great information, but that used in the wrong place is not helpful. If you're on guest team and you're in the atmosphere and you meet a new person who you've never met and they walk up and go, I'm so glad to be in church, guest team. If you raise the knee and run, that is great information used at the wrong time. That's not helpful. Calvin, do not do that. That's not helpful. I believe today that God wants to, as troubles come and as trials come and as opportunities come, the Bible says in verse 5 to 8, ask for wisdom from our generous God. How's the best way to hear from God? Well, let me tell you, it hasn't changed from last year. It's still praying and reading the word of God. We're still waiting for something new. We're waiting for a new diet, a new fed. Listen, the way to hear from God, because when troubles come and opportunities come, it says, ask your God for wisdom, your generous God for wisdom. The way you ask from God has not changed this year. It's still prayer and reading the word of God. I wish there was something new. I wish there was an app. Remember those, was it those magic eight balls? Remember you'd shake those? Remember, and I am so old. Remember those, you'd shake them. Should I go to school today? Yes, shake it again. Should I go to school today? No, I'm not going to school today. You have a tough decision. People, don't leave it the chance. I wish there was a, an app that could solve your problems. The Bible says if you need wisdom on how to deal with the information you already have, ask your generous God. Well, how do we ask God? How do we hear from God? Still the same way, praying and reading the Bible. Every one of us has room to grow in this room in reading our Bibles in prayer. Every one of us. As we start this year, I want to encourage you, the best way to hear from God is still praying and reading the Bible, and we all have room to grow. I want to show you this today, benefits of reading the Word of God. In a moment, I'm going to pray, and we're going to, we're going to start this year. But I, want to, I came across this study, the team came across this study this week, and I want to unpack this study. And this study is understanding Bible engagement. It was a scientific study done. Understanding Bible engagement, the scientific evidence of the power of four. And, the, and, and, these, and these, these two scientists, these two um, researchers um, surveyed um, all these people and their Bible habits. And it's interesting. Look at this behind me. If you read the Bible four times a day, look at this. Put it in the context of our life. If you read the Bible four times a week, these are the results in your life. This isn't just, this is what we think will happen. This is reading through statistics of people that went through the Bible who read it. Look at this. If you read your Bible four times a week, this study um, showed these results. Feeling lonely drops 30%. Right away in this room, if you're saying, hey, I'm dealing with loneliness in my life. You may, have, you may be single on your own for loneliness. You might be married with a whole bunch of kids and people around you and still dealing with loneliness. Loneliness isn't always about people. It's an internal condition. Isn't it interesting that loneliness dropped by 30% by just simply reading the Bible four times a week? Anger issues dropped 32%. Some of you, you're like, man, I just have a short fuse in traffic. I have a short fuse with my kids. Why is it at work? The second I'm confronted, I just lose my temper. It drops by 32%. Bitterness in relationships, unforgiveness, tension. You, you can't seem to let it go. You seem to remember those faces and those problems and those conversations. Bitterness in relationships drops by 40%. 
Alcoholism drops 57%. Your your reliance on an addiction, on a substance to get you through, that reliance drops by 57%. Sex outside of marriage drops 68%. If you don't think that's important, you probably think it's important for your spouse. Feeling spiritually stagnant drops 60%. Some of you are like, man, I'm on fumes right now. I don't feel nothing going in the new year. It's interesting. Stagnant in your spirituality drops 60%. Viewing pornography drops 61%. It's a silent epidemic. You can see the effects of alcohol and drugs and overdoses in our city, but this is a pandemic and epidemic in our city. Men and women of all ages, it drops 61%. Sharing your faith, being excited about your faith and sharing it jumps 200%. Discipling others, which means not only sharing your faith, but now joining with people, walking in community, helping them grow in their faith, jumps by 230%. It's interesting, if you look at those numbers, each one of those, I bet you at le- all of us in here at least have some of that list in our life. Some, it might be everything on that list. But if I said, if your, if your numbers could jump, if you could have these, these first few ones drop by th- at minimum 30%, you'd be like, I'm in, man. What pill do I got to take? What, what, what gym do I got to sign up for for my loneliness to drop by 30%? Man, I, I just can't stay pure. I just can't stay faithful. What, what, what do I need to do to increase my faithfulness? If it would say, listen, it's going to, it's going to, your, 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 your probability of being faithful in your relationship is going to jump over 60%. You're like, sign me up. Feeling stagnant, spirituality going, man, I just feel like I'm just been doing the same thing. I just go to church. This feels tired to me. I just feel tired in my faith. If you can say, hey, it's going to, your, your stagnant is going to drop by 60%. You're like, sign me up. Here's what's interesting. I, I, as I read through this study, please don't miss this. It says, let me quote this. Interesting note from the study. Consistent with the findings from our previous studies, the author writes, we also find there's no statistical significance between those who read, the, read or listen to the Bible one to, to three times a week compared to those that read it zero days a week. In other words, for adults, engaging scripture for less than four days a week does not appear to have the same protective factor as those doing four or more days. Their study shows four days makes a difference. Now, I, I, I chewed on that for a bit, going, eh. I thought, well, wait a minute. Like, what they're saying is, if you read the Bible three days a week, man, so, like, most of us in this room, myself included, I need to grow my Bible reading. I think everybody, except the one kid who's reading 40 chapters a day, you go. <laughs> the rest of us, I need some help, and you need some help. If you had told me, I read the Bible three days a week, we're like, man, you're a champion. Honestly, well done, well done. This statistic says, this, this survey says, if you read it three times a week, it doesn't really make a difference. Isn't that interesting? It's the same as if someone reads it once a week or maybe doesn't at all, if they don't even hear it. It, it. And they said, listening to it and reading it, same thing. So whether you're hearing it from a stage or you're listening to an audio Bible, isn't it interesting? Most people, most, only hear the Bible, open their Bible, see the Bible one day a week when they come to church. And statistically, it makes no difference. Then your neighbor's not going to church at all. Something happens at four, I thought, really? And I thought about it. You know, if I went to the gym one day a week and I just gave her, man, an hour at the gym, and if I went one day a week, I would feel good about myself, but nothing would change. If I'm like, I'm only going to eat healthy, I had a salad on Monday, I'm good till next Monday. The rest of it is just 
if you can, if you can boil it, if you can deep fry it, I'm going to eat it. How many know that salad, would, I thought about it, it makes sense. It's interesting, four times a week. One thing I know for this coming year is that we're going to need the wisdom of God and we're told to ask for it. If you're going to ask someone something, you have to be close to them. If I'm going to ask Pastor Matt to sing another song, i got to be close enough he can hear me. If I'm going to ask Nancy, hey, do, are we freeing the calendar? Can we go? I have to be close. If you're going to ask somebody something, you have to be close to them relationally. We can't control the troubles. We can't control the opportunities. Here's what we can, church. We can control the closeness and the asking. That's the only thing we can control for this year. Troubles are coming. Opportunities are coming. We can't control when they come or or what they are. The only thing we can control is the closeness to God and that we ask Him. Prayer and reading the Bible. That's why for the next 28 days, that's it. Hopefully it'll be a habit for some of us to keep going past that. Five minutes a day. It's one chapter. It might only be three minutes for some of you, two minutes for some of you. One chapter, not two chapters, not five, one chapter a day and take control of your year. Man, it's gonna be the best year ever. It can be. Man, it's gonna be a tough year. It can be. I don't wanna leave it to chance to the snowstorm coming this afternoon. I had no idea what this year, last year was gonna hold. If you had told me forest fires, wouldn't have seen that coming. Flooding, wouldn't have seen that coming. Things that happened globally, didn't see that coming. I don't know what this year is going to bring, but I know this, I can control my closeness and my asking. Next 28 days, we're going to lean into the Word of God. I want to, you see the slide behind me, one a day. One and done. A chapter a day of the Bible from January 8th to 24th. Here's what we're going to do for the next four weeks. When we preach on Sunday, we're going to be preaching from those six to seven chapters that week. We did this in August for for the book of Acts, and I heard so many comments of people going, it was fascinating to read one chapter, I had one thought, and you shared the exact thought on Sunday, or I didn't even see that in scripture. But Pastor Mike, look at this in scripture. I'm like, I didn't even see that in that chapter. And I think as you read one chapter a day, and you reflect on it, and you chew on it, and you meditate on it, and you come back here, and the preaching team unpacks it that week, it's going to encourage you that God speaks to you. It'll also help some of you pull things out of Scripture that maybe you never saw before going, how did they find that in there? Maybe I need to slow down and think about this a little more and reflect on it, and it'll grow that muscle of not only going through a page, but having the page go through your life. Next 28 days, church, some of you are like, yeah, have fun with that. I'm not really into it. When we do this and we do a sign-up, a small percentage do it. We're not signing up for this. We're just going to do it. Can I encourage you? It can be the best year. It can be. Some of you are like, man, it's going to be a tough year. It can be. The only thing we can control is our closeness and our asking. And for the next 28 days, I believe reading, we're going to be reading seven days a week, one chapter a day. The statistics say, I love this, statistics say, according to this, feeling lonely today, that'll drop. Feeling angry today, oh, that's going to drop. You're going to come back in February looking different. Bitterness, going to drop. Alcoholism, going to drop. Your purity is going to increase. Your stagnancy in your spiritual life is going to decrease. Lust will decrease. Your influence for the kingdom of God, your your boldness is going to increase. Your your, your leadership in the kingdom of God is going to increase. What a chance. Give God 28 days and watch what he'll do in your life. Amen. Can we stand to our feet today? In a moment, we're going to dismiss and you have a chance going, okay, Pastor Mike, that was okay. That was interesting. 
or you can lean in. Our goal today, just bring it down just a little bit. Our goal, I want to say this real clear, it's not in my notes. Our goal is not to entertain you in church. Though I think we can be entertaining. Our goal is not to put on a show. Our goal clearly is followers of Jesus that at the end of this year, we are closer to Jesus than when we started this year. Is anybody with me in this place? That will not happen just by attending church on Sunday mornings. It's a part of it, but it won't happen by itself. I believe in here, there's some hunger in this place going, listen, I'm not leaving it to chance. I'm not leaving it to my friends. I'm not leaving it to my circumstance. I'm not leaving it to the economy. I will seek the Lord. I'm gonna get close and I'm gonna ask. If any of you lacks wisdom, ask God, our generous God, and he will give it to you. The next 28 days, we're gonna lean in as a church. It's not even a hard lean in. It's not even a, a significant lean in, but it's an intentional one. One and done. Read a chapter, say, God, speak to my life, and watch what God will do. And I believe we'll end these 28 days. We'll end this year closer than we walked in. Amen? Let me pray and bless you, and I wanna sing this song about making room for God. Father, I bless this church right now. Father, I don't make light of it. I pray for the lonely in this room. God, I pray for those that feel out of control. They feel anger and lust, and they feel like they have no focus. They feel like they have no discipline. I pray for those that are struggling with health and struggling with relationships. and struggle. They feel like their life is out of control. I pray for us today. God, your word will not return void. You say your word cuts through all the stuff and brings life. So God, today we choose you. We choose you. We've done well today. We, we've attended your house. We say, God, would you help us as we lean in even further? God, I bless them with your presence. I pray in these next 28 days that your word would come alive. I pray there'd be a hunger for the word. Instead of reaching for our phone, God, help me that we would reach for your word. Instead of reaching for the remote, God, we'd reach for life today. God, I bless them with your presence. I pray this year be one of growth. As troubles come, Father, all oh, that there'll be opportunities for great joy. Father, I pray for the joy in this room to increase. And I pray for your presence in Jesus' name. Come on, church, can we sing this together about making room? It's a promise, it's a prayer, it's a declaration of making room in our schedule, making room in our life for the presence of God. And I will make room for you to do whatever you want to, whatever you want to. Yeah.
Father God, as we read your word, we pray that you would meet with us. As we make room for you, God, we ask that you would take residence in us. God, change us. Help us. Speak to us. church make sure you check your emails make sure you're on it remember god's electric power company tackles troubles go grab a coffee in the lobby hang around say hi to someone we'll see you next week church